This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus, ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We, either, we are neither Canty nor Carlin. We are Amber Wilson and Nick Friedle. We are taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Nick Friedle. You can also join the conversation on the CC call-in line at one 888 espn 888-729-3776. We have been asking you that if you... You are Sean Marks in the Brooklyn Nets. How would you handle this situation with Kyrie Irving, and what would you do next? We have, of course, been unpacking the Kyrie Irving situation all show long because Nick covers the Brooklyn Nets for ESPN, so he's about as close to the situation as anybody can get. Now, Nick, nobody can get very close to the Kyrie Irving situation, right? I'm not even sure Kyrie knows what Kyrie's thinking half the time, frankly, but we will find out by Wednesday what he's thinking because he has until Wednesday to opt into his player option. He has been given permission by the Brooklyn Nets to seek potential sign and trade offers. We already got the list from him of preferred destinations in a sign and trade type scenario. Now he can actually pursue some of that. Woj is reporting the only team on that list that might have any interest is the Los Angeles Lakers. So could we see a scenario where LeBron teams up with his one-time buddy who then was not his buddy, but I guess now is his buddy again, Kyrie, to try to chase another championship? Does that actually make the Lakers, Nick, good enough to win one, do you think? No. (laughs) The Lakers are so bad and so misconstructed that it's difficult to imagine any scenario where you add anybody, frankly, and they vault all the way back up to the top. With Kyrie, if he actually wants to play, and that seems to be the question on everybody's mind the last few years, if he wants to play, he's going to make him better, for sure. He has a hell of a good chemistry with LeBron. We have seen that in the past. We saw it when Cleveland delivered the, the first title back to the city for the first time in 52 years. But, and it is a gigantic but, if you're the Lakers, this is the ultimate Hail Mary. Because you're saying our roster is so screwed up that we're going to roll the dice on Kyrie Irving. Good luck to you if you're Los Angeles. And what it shows me is that that roster is so bad and there are so many different flaws on it that they'd be willing to to acquire the biggest question mark and enigma in the NBA to try and fix all that ails LeBron and the rest of that group. On paper, if you just told me a team with LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, I would say, okay, now we're talking, right, in terms of potential opportunity to win a championship. A player like Kyrie, I do think, of course, makes them better. But the problem with AD is availability. Now you're going to add Kyrie, who also has his own problems with availability. And I'm not just talking about the vaccine mandate because people get confused that that was just the issue. With Kyrie, some of it's like, I don't know, is is his sister going to have a birthday party and he's not going to show up to work or whatever. Some of the stuff that's happened with Kyrie in the past, he's such a wild card. I guess from the LeBron perspective, 
you feel like, hey, I've been the one guy in the past who was able to rein that in enough to win a championship, even if it took a little bit of a kick from Draymond Green to get there, like we did, in fact, get there. And so I feel like I could do it again because I have that familiarity with Kyrie. I know how to handle Kyrie. Brian Windhorse, a senior NBA insider, was on NBA Today. He said that LeBron and Kyrie are an excellent fit. In my view, LeBron has never had a better basketball fit with somebody other than Kyrie Irving. The way Kyrie plays and his ability to play on and off the ball, the ability to create his own shot and allow LeBron to rest while he's playing, in addition to rest on the bench, while also being to be a great catch-and-shoot player, is the perfect player to play alongside LeBron, which is why they were dominating. They, they, they had a team that was good enough to win the title in 2015. Kyrie got hurt. They won in 2016 um, when Kyrie was healthy. And in 2017, they ran up against maybe the best team in, of all time. And had that been most other years in NBA history, they might have won a championship in 2017. Kyrie and LeBron are terrific together. They're older, but if they got together, the Lakers would absolutely be vastly improved. I mean, dominating. If Draymond hadn't kicked Kyrie, they wouldn't have ever even gotten a championship. I digress. Also, I, I mean, wow. Dwayne Wade, anybody? But okay. So do you agree, though, with anything? I obviously do not agree, but the Miami Heat fan in me is also just crumbling inside listening to that quote from Brian Windhorse. So let's get your take. You're a bit more objective, Nick Fidel, in this scenario. Do you believe with anything that Brian Windhorse just said in terms of basketball? Is Kyrie an excellent fit? Amber Wilson, that Miami is coming through strong. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming through really strong. You can feel it. I, as far as as far as what my friend Brian Windhorst says, I have to agree with him because he knows LeBron better than anyone else in that Kyrie fit better. I understand what he's saying. I understand what he's the point he's getting at. And I know the Wade fans, and there are plenty, especially down there in South Florida, everybody goes, come on now. Nobody was ever better with LeBron than Dwayne Wade was. I think what Brian's point is, is that Kyrie complements what LeBron does well better than anyone else. Whether you agree or not, it's it's right up at the top. And the, the reality for any team who goes into business with Kyrie is that you have to have an incredible amount of ego to think that you can make it work when nobody else has long-term. And if you're LeBron and the Lakers, you're thinking – Kyrie can fix what so many of our problems were last season in that he can help push the ball. He can help get the offense going. He can help make everything else work. To Brian's point, Amber, he can bring a different side and level out of LeBron when at this stage in his career, frankly, probably needs it. So there are a lot of different parts of the Kyrie and LeBron equation that have to come into play but you got to you have to go back to the fact that the Lakers aren't in a good place. Kyrie needs a good landing spot. But if you're the Nets in all of this, you say, "Okay, Kyrie, you want to go to the Lakers that bad? Have fun leaving 30 million guaranteed on the table." I can buy into the fact uh, that they were great together, of course, when they played together. That was a lot of years ago. And back then, the pecking order was very clear between Kyrie kind of being the little brother to LeBron in that scenario. It's been a lot of years. What does that look like now? And what does it look like for LeBron, frankly? Also, 
uh, a superstar who is aging and does have his own availability issues as well on that Los Angeles Lakers roster. So we, coming up next, are going to ask our resident Lakers fan, do you even want Kyrie Irving on this Lakers team? That's next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We turn now to the guest line where we find the host of this show, kind enough to give us a few minutes of his time, Chris Canty, host, of course, of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio this week. If you are missing Chris Canty, you can hear him on Greeny all week alongside Carlin. Chris, thanks for joining us. Amber, Nick, thank you guys for having me on, and I appreciate you guys doing Yeoman's work on our show. You two guys, phenomenal. Well, we have to be here doing some work because there is a lot to cover when it comes to your Los Angeles Lakers right now, who are making headlines for being just merely affiliated right now with this Kyrie Irving story. Now, I don't know how much legitimacy there is to this, but Woj, Chris Canty, is reporting that the Lakers are the only team on that list that Kyrie gave us all a few days ago of potential sign-and-trade destinations. The Nets have now given Kyrie permission to seek a sign-and-trade, and Los Angeles apparently is the only team that might be willing to play ball. You are a diehard Lakers fan. Do you want Kyrie Irving on this Lakers team? Well, I'll tell you this, Amber. I don't see a lot of ways for the Lakers to dramatically improve their roster this offseason. It feels like the Kyrie drama and taking those bags on might be the only way where we can actually upgrade and be at a point where they could be a true title contender. If they get Kyrie Irving and you're talking about full health for Anthony Davis and LeBron James, I see that as a conference finals team. 
But that's saying a whole lot because, first of all, you have to be able to make that happen. And a part of that, I'm assuming, is Kevin Durant being okay with Russell Westbrook spending at least a couple of months of next season in Brooklyn. Uh, If that's not the case, then I don't necessarily know how the Lakers pull that off. But um, it's one of those things, as a Laker fan, that's intriguing. Uh, It seems like it's the best option but the Lakers don't have a lot of great options this offseason, so that's a low bar to clear. <laughs> Chris, I had to laugh because when Amber mentioned the Lakers, I heard you go, ugh. And when you mentioned <laughs> Kyrie, let me tell you, if somebody says Kyrie, the initial feeling within that Nets organization is, ugh. So in that regard, everything would set up perfectly for a reunion with LeBron in L.A. But what I would ask you as a diehard Lakers fan is, even if Kyrie were crazy enough to opt out and say, I don't need your $30 million, I'm signing for the mid-level. LeBron, A.D., Kyrie, and what? Because all these teams that have just won and have been competitive up top, they have depth. Where would that depth come from for the Lakers in this case? I don't know, Nick. That's a great question. Um, I, I think you're talking about trying to use, um, you know, whatever cap space that you would have um, on, on, you know, minimum minimum players. And, and I think that's the direction that the Lakers would have to go into. And you would hope that because you have that big three, that there are guys that are willing to come and sign up to play in L.A. with Bron, Kai, and A.D. that want to ring chase. So I think that's what the Lakers would have to be dependent on. If you're Rob Palenka, and if you're the Rambi, that's what you got your fingers crossed hoping for. But, I, I, again, I just feel like the Kyrie situation is wishful thinking because for him to opt out and take that mid-level exception that the Lakers have on the table for $6 bucks, that is the definition of cutting your nose off to spite your face. You're, you're talking about leaving a situation where you have, what, a top three player pretty much on everybody's, everybody's list as best players in the world, you, you have the chance to play with him. You have a chance to get $37 million and stay in Brooklyn. I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but it is Kyrie Irving that we're talking about, and that's why you can't completely dismiss the idea of that happening as well. You can't. This whole thing stems from the fact that the Nets weren't willing to give Kyrie an extension and apparently he wanted one. Right. So like he wanted to be paid. And then because he wants to be paid, he's going to leave thirty six million dollars on the table. If this wasn't Kyrie, would any of us be believing any of this story at all? I I can't even wrap my head, frankly, around what's happening here. Yeah, but Amber, you got to remember what Kyrie Irving said. It ain't about the money, baby. It's not about the money. That's what he told us. What's it about? I, 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 <laughs> what is it about? I laugh. I laugh when I. I laugh when I hear it, Amber. It. It, it just sound, It just seems so ridiculous when it's coming from Kyrie Irving in, in terms of him feeling like he's been slighted somehow, some way by the Brooklyn Nets, an organization that, from my perspective, has bent over backwards to try to accommodate him and Kevin Durant at every single turn. If you think back to when they pursued both of those guys in free agency, Amber, a part of the stipulation for them to sign in Brooklyn is that they could bring on their good buddy DeAndre Jordan and and sign him, and, and that's exactly what the Nets did. They signed him to a four-year deal for, I think, $40 million, and then they wanted to play with DeAndre. They wanted DeAndre Jordan to play, and when Kenny Atkinson didn't necessarily want to do that or play DeAndre Jordan big minutes, they fired Kenny Atkinson. So I just it seems like the Nets have tried to do everything 
to acquiesce to what Kai and KD have wanted with this franchise, and that has gotten them into this position with a player who is an all-NBA talent, no doubt, but you don't know that you can rely on that guy to show up when you need him the most. And I guess that's the part where if you're Sean Marks and Joe Sy, you have to draw some line in the sand this offseason and try to reclaim some semblance of power in your franchise. Chris, I think it's a really good point, and it goes back to culture. You heard Sean Marks say at that press conference, our culture isn't very good. We want to build it back. Well, how do you get a better culture? You get rid of Kyrie. <laughs> Let's get real. That's what you do. But if you're the Nets and Kyrie leaves, do you think that there is any chance that Kevin Durant still stays long term? Uh, I do. I, I think there's there's the potential for it to happen. Um, now, the Nets are going to have to have some things fall their way. But because Kevin Durant is such a good player and, and because you do have a young piece in Ben Simmons, that could be a building block for what your future might be. I think the Nets do have a, a chance to reshape this roster. They have good shooting on the team. I mean, you got Joe Harris if he comes back healthy and Seth Curry. So that's pretty good uh, in terms of being able to have some shooting. I, I just think that, um, you know, in terms of players that would want to come play with KD in Brooklyn, there will be no shortage of that. But right now, everybody's kind of looking and raising their eyebrow and saying, how is this going to work out? Um, because they just don't know what Kyrie Irving is going to do. But right now, for Brooklyn, that's probably your biggest concern with taking the position that you've taken with Kyrie. It's not whether or not Kyrie's going to stay. It's how's Kevin Durant going to react to it. Well, we have until Wednesday until we know at least partly what Kyrie Irving is going to do. He has until Wednesday to opt into that $36.9 million player option or become a free agent. Chris Canty, host of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for stopping by, Canty. Nick, Amber, thank you guys. Have a good one. Coming up next, we swerve a bit. We're going to go back to Deshaun Watson, but this isn't just about his disciplinary hearing tomorrow. There is a new lawsuit that has been filed. This one not against Deshaun Watson, but concerning Deshaun Watson. We'll explain next. This is Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
There are more headlines surrounding Deshaun Watson, and they're not even pertaining to his disciplinary hearing that happens tomorrow. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance, Amber Wilson and Nick Friedle filling in. There has been a new lawsuit filed. It is regarding Deshaun Watson. It is not against Deshaun Watson, however. This one is actually against the Houston Texans. It was filed by Tony Busby, the same Houston attorney who represented at one time 25 different women with lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. Now those women are suing the Houston Texans, alleging that they aided Deshaun Watson in the sexual misconduct and sexual assault that were alleged in the other civil suits that much has been made of and that we have been covering here for ages now on ESPN Radio. So to unpack this latest lawsuit, we bring in John Barr, ESPN's investigative reporter. Right now, John Barr and Jake Trotter have a piece on the .com uh, explaining this lawsuit. So, John, let's just start with that. How does this come about? How does this one differ from the other civil suits? Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so this suit was filed on behalf of a woman who um, was actually a flight attendant and a massage therapy student, uh, and, it, and it names as a defendant not Watson, but rather the Houston Texans. And, you know, you pointed out correctly that at one time, Tony Busby, the attorney in Houston, was representing 25 women with lawsuits against Watson. One of those women uh, dropped her lawsuit when it was required of her to reveal her name. So he had 24 heading into the uh, early part of last week. And then last week we heard that 20 of those women had agreed to settle their cases. So just to be clear, this is a lawsuit filed against the Texans by one woman who uh, presumably will be joined by others. Um, Busby said it, it is the first of many to be filed against the Houston Texans. Uh, and he also said it was because the Texans knew or most certainly should have known of Watson's conduct. John, we're still waiting to, to find out the full scope of what happens in this Deshaun Watson situation. But I'm curious, as you made calls for this story and you've studied what's happened over the last year or so, how much damage has Deshaun Watson and his actions, have they have all of those things done to the Texans and the organization itself? Well, this lawsuit was far more detailed than the previous suits, um, other than the difference in terms of the allegations, because they all involve different plaintiffs. Those lawsuits were fairly boilerplate in terms of the language that uh, was filed with the court. This lawsuit, which, neg- which alleges negligence on the part of the Houston Texans and, and says that Watson was acting as an agent of the Texans, this lawsuit goes into great detail about what the Texans knew about Watson's behavior. Uh, for example, um, there was a company called Genuine Touch. It's a massage therapy clinic in the Houston area, which has, amongst its clientele, the Houston Texans. That company, Genuine Touch, provided licensed massage therapists to the Texans so that players could get massages at the Texans' facility. Watson chose not to use those massage therapists. Well, I should say he used those massage therapists, but also chose to use other massage therapists to the point where he was reaching out to strangers on Instagram, according to this latest lawsuit. And the owner of Genuine Touch 
at one point in June of 2020, which, remember, was when the COVID-19 pandemic was raging and not a lot of us were going out and doing anything. Uh, it was during that time that in June of 2020, the owner of Genuine Touch went to the Texans training staff with concerns that Watson was seeing strangers on Instagram for massages when he could have been dealing with licensed massage therapists. And the same owner also was aware that Watson had had and was still having uh, sexual relations, is how the lawsuit puts it, with two different massage therapists from Genuine Touch. And so there's this knowledge base uh, that was, you know, according to this lawsuit, that the Texans knew at least some of what Watson uh, had done. Uh, the lawsuit doesn't draw the link to say that the Texans were aware that Watson had engaged in sexual behavior during the five sessions, but certainly they were aware that he was going to these women who were outside the team um, contracted massage therapists, if, that's, if that makes sense. John Barr, ESPN investigative reporter, on with us. He is discussing with us the latest lawsuit filed surrounding Deshaun Watson, but not against Deshaun Watson, this one coming against the Houston Texans. So, John, let's talk about the timing of this lawsuit. Deshaun Watson's disciplinary hearing is tomorrow with the NFL and the NFLPA. He had just settled, as you mentioned, 20 of the 24 still pending civil actions against him last week. Last month, the New York Times had reported that Watson booked appointments with at least 66 different women over 17 months, starting from 2019 and ending in 2021. Of these things that I just mentioned, are any of them, do you think, related to the timing of this lawsuit? Why now to sue the Houston Texans? And why is this one more detailed than the others? Well, it is interesting timing. Uh, Tony Busby is, is certainly no stranger to... Uh, using the media uh, for his own agenda. <laughs> uh, that's not an unusual tactic for civil attorneys on both sides. Um, you, you can certainly make a case that Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, has done the same thing. Uh, yeah, you're quite right. The hearing for Watson will be tomorrow. He will go in front of a disciplinary officer that was who was agreed upon by both the league and the Players Association, Sue L. Robinson. Uh, she will hear the case from the NFL as to why Watson should be suspended. And then she will hear from Watson. And our, our Dan uh, Graziano reported uh, that the reason that he was going to hear him is because uh, the uh, Watson camp and the league failed to reach a settlement. Uh, the league, uh, according to the source who spoke with Graziano, wanted to impose up to a one-year suspension on Watson. So Watson and his camp probably took the tack that, what do we have to lose? Let's just go to the hearing officer and plead our case. Whatever happens tomorrow with respect to the discipline can be appealed. And uh, interestingly enough, it it, it could be Roger Goodell who uh, handles that appeal, or he could bring in an independent officer to handle the appeal. But the fact that this lawsuit, this very detailed lawsuit, came out a day before that hearing, uh, I believe, was by design. Tony Busby told the media several days ago that he intended to name the Texans in, and others, I should say, in, in uh, lawsuits, but he chose today to actually file that lawsuit. 
Yeah, John, I'm a civil attorney myself, but everything we do is by design. So in my experience, yeah, it probably sure. is just that. John Barr, ESPN investigative reporter. John, finally here on the way out, do you have any indication that the Texans were expecting this? Well, the Texans knew they were going to get sued because Busby put them on notice several days ago. I don't know. And the Texans also must have known what their employees said during different depositions. Um, so it is possible that they had some indication as to a lot of the information that was in today's lawsuit actually had been in previous reports, but it was it was coming out sort of in drips and drabs. And what this lawsuit does is it really condenses it down. And, and when you see the sum total of it, uh, it, it does paint a very disturbing picture about what was known about Watson's behavior. Now, the Texans are going to dispute that. To be clear, the, the club has said that it did not become aware that Deshaun Watson was behaving in an inappropriate way during massage, massage sessions until March of 2021, when the very first lawsuit was filed. So that's what the position of the Texans has been all along. I would imagine that's a position that they're going to try to maintain uh, throughout this. And, and frankly, as you well know, being an attorney, they're probably going to try to get their end of the lawsuit dismissed. I don't know if they'll be successful, but I'm sure that's what their next step will be. Yeah, that will be step one. John Barr, you can check out his article as it pertains to this lawsuit alongside Jake Trotter on the .com. John, thanks so much for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, Brittany Griner's trial in Russia on alleged cannabis possession begins July 1st. What's the latest on that? We'll unpack that. This is Canty and Carlin. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
More than four months after she was arrested at a Moscow airport for alleged cannabis possession, a Russian court has set a start date for the trial of U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner. We got this news today. That trial is going to allegedly start uh, July 1st. On Monday, the court in Moscow extended Griner's detention for another six months. She will remain in detention during the duration of her criminal trial. She could face up to 10 years in prison, Nick, if she's convicted on charges of large-scale transportation of drugs. Fewer than 1% of defendants in Russian criminal cases are acquitted. And unlike in the U.S., acquittals can be overturned. So it's... Obviously, a very different situation there, a very scary situation for Brittany Griner. And we did get photos of her because she had made a preliminary appearance in Russian court as they set her trial date. Those photos show from the AP her appearing in handcuffs. I mean, I guess that maybe there's some solace in, in being able to physically see her if you're her family. But what a scary situation this is for Brittany Griner. It was so quiet in the beginning, I think, frankly, by design, as all the powers that be over here kind of tried to figure out the best way to handle things and try not to make waves. And now uh, we've gotten to a point where, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people are, are trying to scream from the mountaintops about Brittany Griner's situation and bring attention to it. Amber, it's it's an interesting point of conversation with Griner because absolutely that seemed to be the strategy but my question to you with your legal background would be if this was going to happen all along with everybody screaming from the mountaintops why did they wait so long to start doing it in the first place well I think that the initial thought from what I've heard from people connected to the WNBA the initial thought process was don't make Brittany Griner seem more famous or more important than than we need to in terms of allowing Russia to think that they have, you know, this this huge superstar over here in the midst of a war, right, where she becomes a pawn in a war that she never intended to, of course, herself be involved in. And so I think that was the concern was to kind of try to downplay things, handle things quietly because of the precarious situation over there with the invasion of Ukraine and everything that's happening, of course, with Russia. And then it got to a point where, you know, America's stance is that Brittany Griner is being unlawfully held against her will and that now they are trying to, of course, bring attention to her situation. And so it's just it remains a very, very scary situation for Brittany Griner. At least we did get a picture, a photograph of her looking healthy. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys on Canty and Carolyn on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I keep mentioning it because I think it's worth mentioning. Nick Friedel, if you're not familiar, he covers the Brooklyn Nets for ESPN. He is an ESPN NBA reporter, so he's been very close to this Kyrie Irving situation, at least while that situation has remained in Brooklyn. We have spent a lot of the show talking about that situation. Will Kyrie go to L.A.? Unpacking every angle of it. If you missed anything, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But... I want to take a break from Kyrie Talk for a minute. Talk about some other potential free agents and other potential players here on the move in the NBA. Nick, we're going to play a little game with our producer, Shannon Penn. It's called Should I Stay or Should I Go? What's up, Shannon? You know, right now I am James Harden and I'm feeling some kind of way. 
quite honestly, Amber and Nick. I remember during the NBA season, all the drama and all the discussion was about me and where I wanted to go, whether or not I was going to stay or leave Brooklyn. Now everything's about Kyrie. But I digress. All right, I am James Harden. I am in Philly right now. I can opt out or opt into the last year of my deal. Nick, I'm James Harden. Should I stay or should I go? What do you think? <laughs> he should stay, Mr. Penn, because – if you're James Harden, you're never going to see a contract year that has a four in front of it to start. It's never going to happen. So I would take that money. I would trust that Daryl Morey, who has had my back repeatedly through the years, will have my back one more time, and I would get in the best shape I possibly can. James Harden can still be a great player in this league if he gets himself back into great shape. He wasn't there the last year in Brooklyn. He can be again, though, moving forward, not to the same level that we've seen, but close enough. I do not agree with Nick there that he can be again. I have I have given up the hope that James Harden can be peak Houston James Harden ever again. Frankly. You're just a hater, well, Amber. You're just a hater. Amber, well, no, not peak Houston. Well, not peak Houston. Or even but- even close to it. I mean, I just for a long time, Nick, I was I was believing it, right? I was like, oh, he, you know, he put on the fat suit because he wanted out of Houston, and then he's like <laughs> milking the hammy because he wants out of Brooklyn. But then he got to the 76ers where allegedly he always wants to be, and I'm like, nah, you know what? He's just kind of washed at only 32 years old. Like, I feel like that's the point we're at with James Harden. Not that he's still not a serviceable player, but when we're comparing him to James Harden, <laughs> then he looks a little bit washed at this point in his career. I think he's aged, uh, you know, a bit prematurely. If you compare him to somebody like a LeBron James that spends a million dollars per year on his body, maybe James Harden doesn't do that. Maybe a life a little harder lived. Uh, Forty-seven. $0.37 million is his player option. You opt into that if you are James Harden all day, every day. And the reports are that he's probably going to, and then he's probably going to work out an extension that would look something like a couple more seasons at a substantial number still lower than the max. We know that him and Maury are old buddies, right? And so they probably are going to work something out. I can't imagine a scenario where James Harden, frankly, gets any more money anywhere else. I think he's lucky and fortunate that the 76ers want him to stay. So absolutely, if you are James Harden, stay. All right. I am Bradley Beal. I am in Washington. I can opt in on the last year of my deal for $36.4 million, or I can opt out, work on an extension with Washington. Look, I'm playing with a bunch of role players right now. It's time for me to go out here and maximize my opportunity to win a title. So with that being said, Amber, I am Bradley Beal. Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay in Washington? What do you think? For me, what he should do and what he's going to do are two different things. I think that he should go because at this point, you're not going to do the winning in Washington if you're Bradley Beal. I, I respect the loyalty. I really, really do. I understand the monies in Washington. Bradley Beal, with as great of a player as I think he is, I would love to see him in a different uniform actually competing for titles. So what he should do is leave and go chase the rings and show us what he's really got. What I think he's going to do is stay because that dude is loyal. I don't know if he's going to opt in, but if he opts out, out, he can re-sign with Washington for a five-year supermax worth, what, $248 million? So that seems like maybe the most likely scenario for Bradley Beal. That's the scenario that disappoints me, Nick, frankly, because I'm a little bit tired of seeing Bradley Beal kind of waste, I guess, in a Wizards uniform. I know that seems harsh to say. I just feel like he could accomplish so much more in the league. 
Amber, it's only a matter of time before we have the annual where's Bradley Beal potentially going to go in a trade. Never fails. It's always there. It's not going anywhere. Shannon, he's probably going to opt out and he's probably going to resign. But like Amber said, that doesn't mean it's the right move. Bradley Beal is the player in the NBA who will always be in every trade rumor until he gets dealt. It's only a matter of time. The Wizards are not a an incredibly well-run and well-oiled machine, as we've seen over the years. I think he will end up going, but I don't think it will happen this summer. All right, well, to, to that point, since so much of today we're discussing Kyrie and the whole thing, and as Amber alluded to, like you got to commend Bradley Beal and his loyalty Washington, but how far does that go? Like, What does that say about him that he's willing to stick it out with a team that you know maybe playoff at the, at the end, a team battling for a playoff spot, but no realistic title hope. So, so Nick, what do you th- think about you know uh, Bradley Beal's loyalty when it comes to Washington? It's nice, but they're the Wizards, and they more often than not stink. So while I respect loyalty and I've defined my own life by loyalty, if I'm an NBA player and I'm around a team that doesn't win and isn't going to contend for a title – That only gets me so far. And, Amber, I'd throw another name out because it reminds me of the exact same conversation. Damian Lillard. Oh, Dame's loyal. Oh, he wants to be in Portland. He's happy there. I respect the hell out of that. In the same breath, though, if you want to win, and that is what this league is defined by, rings, you're not going to win with the Wizards. And for the foreseeable future, you're not going to win with the Blazers. So that loyalty only goes so far in my mind. And as a Hoops fan, I mean, it's not even just like Bradley Beal needing to win a ring. I just would like to see him on a team that's more in contention to do that, right? Like, as a Hoops fan, I don't care. I'm not a Wizards fan. I I don't have a stake in this game. I don't, you know, I'm not a big, like, Bradley Beal fan or anything. I don't, you know, but I just think he's a great player. And I, I just like to see great players in the mix. And I just feel like he's not in it because of where he is. And I respect the loyalty. That's nice. I I respect it. If his reasons for being there is really like, yo, I really love where I live. Right. And I just really love being here. And then fine. Like there is something to be said about loving your life and you don't always have to chase the rings, but man, as a hoops fan from the outside looking in, I would love to see Bradley Beal in a different uniform and maybe a uniform that actually does allow him to be in the mix for competing for a title, even though I don't necessarily know he needs that for us to know that he's a great player. Coming up next, what should Sean Marks do with this net situation with Kyrie Irving?